0: In our last episode, I told you, prior to the coming of Jesus and prior to the events of the first Pentecost, that all of humanity could be split into two groups, those totally unaware of God and those thinking that the only way to him was the way of religion. In this episode, but on this side of things, meaning post-Jesus, post-Pentecost, I want to introduce you to another group a group that I would say is growing in numbers all the time. These are the people who were once unaware of God and then who tried the system of religion and then finding that totally unfulfilling, just another dead end amidst all the other dead ends, are on the cusp of giving up altogether. And friends, here's what I want you to see today that for those whom God is calling to himself, but who have gotten stuck in the snares of systematized religiosity, there is nothing more wonderfully glorious than for them to run into a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God. Yes, from another angle, I want you to see the glory of the Holy Spirit's plan through us. How you and I can, every day, be the answer to the questions in people's hearts. So let's imagine for a moment the pros for this person, for someone who is just coming into knowing of God. I would say there are three. One, they are passionate. They will go anywhere do anything, learn from anyone who knows. They will give their highest energies to going deeper into what's been revealed to them, no matter the cost. Two, a door within them has been unlocked, a door unto a whole other realm. They are now looking at things with spiritual eyes to see. There are no limits, no boundaries to what the limitless God might do next. Three, they believe God wants to interact directly with them. His first whisperings are but a taste test of the things they're hungry to experience, again, directly with him. And they are insatiable for knowing him personally. And nothing else matters like that anymore. So those are the pros for the person who's just maybe starting to come into this. And what are the cons? Well, I want you to hear what I'm about to say very clearly. When a person has had direct experience of God and are hungering for more of the same, there are no cons. Continuing to seek, as Jesus says to us, they will find, the door will be opened. This is why, for me, the older I get, and the more and more unbelieving friends I walk through life with, the longer view I take of the way the Lord is taking hold of them. Those who seek will find the God who has ever been seeking after them. You see, my friends, the only cons for the one coming into belief in God can really be shown to be the ways religion. Camps down their initial experiences. Consider these three. One, they are quickly instructed by religion to cool their passion, to modulate their spiritual enthusiasm through, I don't know, intellectual understanding, through orthodoxy, through proper theology. Their broad delight finds itself fenced in. Two, they are brought. By religion, back into the here and now of uh, ritual, of observance, of weekly attendances, which feel awfully small and boring compared to the heavenly realms. And three, they are taught by religion to feel and believe that there are others through whom the Lord God will interact with them. They should leave off with the pursuit of individual experience of God. Do you see what I mean? The initially hungry seekers' pros are almost perfectly met by religion's pet cons, its ways of doing business. What had been the glory of the new believer's pursuit becomes the sheer killing boredom of spending the rest of one's days going through religious motions around all this. But friends, I want you to imagine a scene, and I have to say I am so excited about this scene. Imagine a man, a quite important man, who is right now homeward bound after a long trip for the purposes of going deeper into the things of God. In fact, he's taken more than a month away from his, again, very important duties for the sake of learning, growing, going deeper. And so what did he receive from the religious authorities to which he presented himself? After all his preparations for the travel, after getting time off from his employer, after making the long, arduous trip, something like 1,500 miles he arrived at the place of the highest religiosity available for his learning and was told he wasn't exactly welcome there. Parts of his past made worship, at least at this place and with this group, something that wasn't really possible. All his spiritual interest, all his preparations, all his travel, all his high hopes for discovery have come to nothing Imagine the level of personal dejection he now feels. Well, now imagine this. Less than a day into his return journey homeward, he is sitting in his chariot, reading to himself, hoping against hope that he can recapture some of his initial connection to God. Frankly, he refuses to give up, even despite those religious leaders. In a loud, strong voice, he is reading out loud to himself. Let's listen to what he's reading. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Our friend pauses here and prays aloud. O Lord, reveal yourself to me yet again. He reads on. And we held him in low esteem. Here our friend stops again and looks out the window of his chariot. He himself feels dry, unattractive, uh, despised, and rejected by those religious authorities back at Jerusalem. Truly, this man knows the heart of suffering, and intimately and he feels the way his heart begins to quicken at the thought of a Savior who understands his suffering, who likewise has been held in low esteem? Then he reads on aloud. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. For he was pierced for our transgressions. For mine, thinks our friend. He was crushed for our iniquities. For me, he wonders. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. But who is he? We all, like sheep, have gotten astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all." The man stops reading and is turning once again to look out the window when, oh! (laughs) He is startled to see a man jogging alongside that window. The man is looking up at him intensely, delightedly. Sweat is pouring down his face, but he simply could not look more full of life, of joy. Do you understand what you're reading? The man outside shouts in. How can I? Says our friend in the chariot. I need someone to make it plain to me. Twelve... Minutes later, after having invited Philip into the chariot, after further reading from that chapter, Isaiah 53, after Philip's straightforward explanation of Jesus and the way of Jesus, after having the chariot pulled over to the side of the road, after getting down into a watery ditch and being baptized there, our friend finds himself standing alone. Philip, by the Holy Spirit, has literally disappeared. And my friends, the man you and I know as the Ethiopian eunuch, the treasurer to the queen of that country, most likely the single point of contact by which the Lord Jesus means to grab the hearts of that whole section of Africa, that man gets back into his chariot, now full of the spirit of Jesus and continues traveling southward, bearing within the kingdom of heaven. This is how it's done. You see, for those passionate, open, and, and with unlocked hearts, ready to interact directly with God, who have been cooled, bored, and turned away from their pursuit by the dictates of religion, to those ones, you and I, are called to come alongside, enter in, explain as needs be, and most importantly, bear to them the very spirit of Jesus himself. No need to argue, convince, or cajole. They've already heard God's voice, but then have been disappointed by the voice of men. Now it is time to let Jesus speak to them through us. So how will we do this? How are you and I going to be like Philip in that glorious little section in the book of Acts? My friends, we will be daily as we first were passionate for the presence of God, open-hearted with whatever he wants to do in us and believing today and every day that his favorite place to reveal himself is in us. And we will not cool or modulate our enthusiasm. We will not be stifled by anything. We will not accept anything from anyone unless we hear it for ourselves by His Spirit. We, first-handedly, will know God. We, ourselves, will be filled with His Spirit. We, like Philip, will grow in our usefulness. And we will learn to love everyone with the love of our Savior. Now, how does that sound to you? Thanks so much for listening.